The winemakers are up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. I'm Brent Peterson. Each week on the podcast, we visit a different foodie city and explore the cuisine that makes that place special, whether it be custard tarts in Lisbon, mango beer in Mumbai, or lizard curry in Guatemala. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Oh, was that a... Oh, and we get a ding. That that was a Chardonnay pour. It's like an old-timey radio show right here. And the church bells just rang. I think we just missed the the, uh, the church bells. It's noon in downtown Sonoma. The church bells are ringing. It is. Chardonnay is flowing. It's perfect, man. What can you say? Chardonnay? You guys make Chardonnay? Don't tell anyone. No. (laughs) Do you make a Shannon? No, that's Bart. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Winemakers. I'm John Myers sitting here with uh, Brian Casey, Bart Hanson, Sam Katuri on a beautiful Sonoma day. Actually drinking a 2017 Shard. How how about that from from 16600? Right. Beautiful stuff, actually. You know, I mean, if you got to do it. Wait a minute. Wait, was that like a side side compliment? Beautiful stuff, actually. I, uh, who knows? Backhanded compliment? <laughs> no. I was thinking. Of, I mean, da- David Ramey gave us a nice bottle when we were up there, and we shared that this weekend. I think it was more com- a side a backhanded comment at uh, Chardonnay. More than sixteen six hundred is what I'm gonna right. hope Rough. from that <laughs> part. It was. It was easy. Yeah. No. Look, it's a it's a much maligned variety, um, and probably m- deservingly. Um, is this oaky and buttery? So no. much oak. I actually put an, a cube of butter in it in every Each barrel. In all every in all, bottle in all two of them. No, now, seriously though, Sam, do you happen to know the the oak regimen on this wine? Uh, n- neutral. I mean, it was it was barrel fermented uh, and barrel aged for eight months or so. Um, there may have been one like twenty five percent, you know, like a like a second run barrel, second fill. Um, so you get a little bit. Of, did it Did it go through ML? But it, it's a partial ML. Yeah, yeah. and then Lee's. Probably the whole eight months. Yeah, the whole eight months. Yeah. No, I really but like not, it. Not, I think not a lot of like stirring. It's right. pretty hands off. I would yeah. call it an honest Chardonnay. An honest Chardonnay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, what, does that, what does that mean? That means it's not covered up with a bunch of shit. Oh yeah. That's what I like about your wines in general. <laughs> Is that like a descriptor <laughs> from the uh, hotel? Hey, no, that's my own personal. That's why I love these wines here, and there's there's certain people just make honest wines. We we had a, a wine yesterday at lunch um, with Steve Law. Shout out, yeah, McLaren yeah. Cellars, and uh, Jamie uh, Jamie Kutch Kutch Wines. Uh, it was just a twenty dollar rosé from uh, Sonoma's Best. Thanks, Todd. It was a nice pick. And the Peter overwhelming first, Mister Jolly. Um, the overwhelming comment about it was that it was. Um, it was peaches. It was like textbook peaches. And Jamie brought up the conversation point is that he thinks that there's, you know, there's some sort of a yeast that is just emphasizes peaches because Ooh. 
everything. And I and I was thinking more of no, that's just Provençal rosé, you know. But um, probably a little of both. Probably a little bit of both. But it really was. I mean, it was like um, fresh peach. It was it was nice. It was really nice. Brian, nice as a psalm, what's the exact opposite of this Chardonnay? I mean, Rombauer would be the the immediate thing. You know, the cougar juice. The the I don't even know if they use new oak i know it tastes like oak i don't know exactly how they do that and they they make it slutty um but that's their, that's their it's, thing and everyone well, knows it and there's nothing wrong with that if no. that, some people that's what they like and so anytime someone tells me that's what they're looking for i have i have options for them but but for me personally when i'm drinking chardonnay i want to taste what the grape i want to taste what the juice actually tastes like not what it was manipulated towards right yeah i mean we we had that um that three sticks uh, sh- uh, Chardonnay um, the other day. And, you know, it was very much, I'm not going to say so- stylized or in similar to this because they weren't, they're completely different. But there was, the, the, there was the same kind of bones in that it had maybe a touch of barrel aging to it. And it had gone through some sort of ML. But it wasn't that buttery, creamy, you know, popcorn um, ML and and yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is that there are certain types of ML cultures that convert things to like literally butter. Um, In the same way that there's certain yeast that emphasize peach, fresh peach, yeah, right. totally, right. And 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 you know you can go through the the book from the um, lab supply company and. There's things that, you know, there's there's a guide in the back that has all the yeast and all the ML cultures, and it, you know, it points to it. It says, you know, this is for higher temperatures, it's best with these varieties, it, you know, pushes aromatics or pushes um, mouthfeels. So. What do the natural yeasts end up turning well, on? Natural yeasts are, are just an accumulation of what's living between the vineyard and in the winery, and there's been a lot of... Um, there's been a lot of studies that, you know, usually in a winery, there's a predominant yeast that rules and that usually ends up, you know, starting or finishing things. It's also known that, uh, the yeast that starts a fermentation is not typically the yeast that finishes it. And that's even included in, um, uh, inoculated, uh, cultured yeast. And the hope is when you pick that yeast is that it will be enough to follow it through. But I think research has shown that it's not necessarily what finishes it. Wow. So that's kind of, so, and that's, and that was a concern, right? For Jamie moving in, or it's a concern for any winemaker moving into someone else's space, right? That, that, that makes wine in their own style. Like if you move in with two other people like you and Steve, that there's like yeast somewhere in the facility that might somehow change the flavor of their wines? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know that we can speak to that. I think that might be, I mean, there are definitely certain yeast um, uh, that take over. You know, there's a yeast called UVA 45, and it's the super yeast. Like if you have a stuck fermentation, you can use that yeast and it will finish it. But there are there are jokes in the business that you say, you know, every every winery has some sort of makeup of unique yeast, right? Until someone brings in a box of UVA forty five, because it takes it's over such a strong yeast, it just takes over. Hmm. And and I've talked to guys that do custom crush for other wineries, 
Um, and those wineries sometimes use those, and there's no doubt that it just takes over. Well, yeast is used as a, a flavoring bus. agent in industrial food processing, and you know they use a lot of it. It's well, versus MSG or something mm, like that. I, I have uh, I'm a hippie household. We have nutritional yeast in a jar in our pantry. You use as a flavoring agent. You can use it to like kind of in in. You know, think about the flavors that you get out of yeastiness in like a, a champagne or something where you have some bread kind of flavors and also can be oh, sort yeah. of like cheese kind of <coughs> flavor profiles. And so you can use doughy, use yeah. nutritional yeast like, yeah. you know, instead of putting cheddar on your broccoli kind of thing. Well, you if you're a hippie, you know, through a little that, a little coconut aminos <laughs> part, you know. A little flaxseed <laughs> oil. flaxseed oil. <laughs> Sprinkle on some hemp hemp whole hell you know absolutely i mean it's just like <laughs> sourdough starters right like yeah. people covet their sourdough starters and they're all a little different i'm sure mike the baker you know feels very uh, uh protective of his starters that he has intellectual I'm property sh- there. i'm sure he has them under lock and key somewhere but i mean i think the thing to remember about all of this is that it's not a static thing at all right the right. yeast of a winery is always changing you know jamie kutch moves into mclaren where bart and yes certainly there might be different yeast strains that are working on his fermentations now but the same is probably true for bart and and steve because of it right because he brought in equipment he's bringing in different grapes he's walking you know his boots are in different vineyards different soil um so it's it's a dynamic thing i i think um we go back to uh, Reed and Cody talking about sort of the microbiome of the vineyard having this sort of unique you know, terroir uh, sort of uh, uh, influence. Well, that's totally part of it, right? You, the yeast are one of the microbes that are influential in the way wine tastes. It's the one that we might have the think we have the most control over because we can buy it in a bag at right. Scott Laboratory. Yeah. But um, it's totally just like part of the community that was the word that they were using the the microbial community right and and i think that you know i mean to reference um david ramey at a seminar i heard many years ago from him you know the only no actually sorry david if i know you're listening maybe this was your friend richard arrowwood but one of the two of you said the only way to have truly a true fermentation from the vineyard from the yeast found in the vineyard is going into a brand new winery with all brand new equipment and nobody else that's working in there had been in another winery right. because just walking through a place that's full of yeast you're you're starting to bring it clean in. room winemaking right which doesn't really exist even Ooh, in, right. even in bordeaux I, I don't know i mean it's probably as know, close like as you get negative pressure and you wear a suit when you go in there and every grape goes through a you know, an optical sorter and sanitizer before it happens. I think Opus, Opus is like that. The Opus, um, <laughs> one it's of very the, clinical. One of the more interesting tastings I've ever done was at, you know, in the lab at Opus, um, where they had analyzed the native yeast sort of endemic in each vineyard block of, you know, Tokolon and whatever they have. And, identified their favorite one based on what how the fermentations were and huh. then have cultured that yeast right. and now use that to to start their fermentation so it's i mean that's 
sort of next level native yeast, right? Sort of uh, domesticated yeast or something like that. I think they got a little money over there. They test every cork too. Yeah, it's not uh, just not well just a, financed operation. Not just take two out of a batch. They test every cork. I don't know. Uh, we have a guest. We have a, a cash, guest. cash and Joan Stagnero guest Johnny, appearance. Oh Johnny. <laughs> A bottle of tequila. Well, get over here with your bottle of tequila. Right, exactly. And it's a, and it's a big bottle of tequila. <laughs> I, know, I know it's fresh out there, so. I need this kind of stuff during Christmas. So, anyway. so this we're being visited from our friend. New neighbor. We can't actually say her name because she works for a distributor and we don't <laughs> want her. But I definitely didn't do that earlier. No. Nobody's listening anyway. I said anyway. the dog's name. Right. No, oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Much appreciated. Wow. Wonderful people with big gifts. It takes a cool. lot of beer, tequila, and White Claw to, to make good wine. <laughs> and it's not White Claw. I'm sorry. I Sparkling craft cocktail. Spirits. Oh, from Rogue. Oh, it's, yeah. like, it's like craft. It's, it's, it's craft, craft claw. <laughs> craft claw. Craft claws. <laughs> yeah, I drove past uh, Nova Vine yesterday. Oh, yeah. I've never seen a bigger crowd. Okay. I yeah, mean, yeah, there yeah. were people in blocked in getting time. in, and it looked yeah. like they were having a big party. I have no idea what the um, hell was going on. Buying benchcrafts. I, I guess that's the deal. Interesting. They were swamped yeah. yesterday. Hey, I wanted to mention before we brushed ball, over, ball was plantings. it uh, Cody and Reed? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I still think about Reed's wine. His Cabernet? Yeah. Yeah. I still think about it every uh, now and then. Awkward <laughs> it's, silence. It's like a... Dead air. That's a little weird. Right. I know. It's what like, a, I still like think an about I go back and listen something. to that episode all the time. No, I, I really... I'm, Cash, come here. I'm really what turned looking so forward to it? tasting that wine when, when he's When, he's when done it's with bottled, it. labeled yeah. and legal and yeah. he can sell it to you. Uh-huh. Very curious. What was the big turn on there, Bryant? Big, uh, big day for inter- Enterprise Vineyards here. We have a full-on truck and trailer in the. Well, this is actually our. This now. is a sixteen six hundred uh, project. We had our um, wine club shippers delivered here, uh, and it was it was three it was four pallets of cardboard boxes. Lots of cord. And in the parking uh, we lot. took in about a pallet of it into our own storage, and then. Or taking took the rest of it to a warehouse, but once it's on the ground, you, you you know we need a forklift or in our case this tractor that we call a 420. Um, it says it right on the side, Brian. Don't laugh. It's, it's <laughs> I'm sure it does after the right sticker the you put on it. That's a it's big, a Kubota. It's a big ass <laughs> truck too. Man. It's a big truck yeah. to haul a big tractor to move three pallets of cardboard, which you could basically like oh almost <laughs> lift up with two guys. Right? It is. Right. Um, it's pretty annoying. <laughs> and we've got dogs just going crazy. All of a sudden hysterical. entered a Western movie with horses galloping. Uh, Cash and Curry finally meet. We hadn't had like a dog episode in a while. No, we haven't. That's right. We haven't recorded at John's right. house in right. quite some time. And we haven't, we haven't been unplugged like we were at uh, Mike Bensicker's. It? It's a dog party. <laughs> <laughs> I think they are fast friends. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell are so, we talking about? Sam, what uh, is going on in the field? That's the question oh, no, I'm getting at. That uncomfortable love or lust that, that Brian, Brian has, has for my love of Reed's wine for unnamed Reed Graham Griggs wine. Yeah. Was there a name to those? Did he have a business? I, I, oh no, there is a name. 
I followed. I'm on the list. Tidings Wine. If you're not following Tidings Wine, you're gonna As miss out on Glad the cab when sure. Brian buys all of it. <laughs> what are we pouring at the Fairmont for the next three months? Tidings Cabernet. All of it. <laughs> That's it. I want oh, a shard. Sam, I thought that nope. was a plug of your own because I think they're We're actually s- pouring sixteen six hundred Zinfandel. Sixteen six hundred Zinfandel. Uh, by the by, the glass. When you don't want to pay. $50 for a glass of Cabernet, you can spend whatever it is for a bu- glass of Zinfandel. It's Brian's diabolical way of selling lesser-known varieties to uh, the patrons of the Fairmont. Yep, and they're happy to. Speaking happy. of, did you taste any of the stuff from uh, Bird Horse? No, but I, I listened to the first like half an hour of the podcast and was so bummed that I missed that. Because that was a good one. When they when they start talking about Verdello or Sam Verdejo. calls it Verdeo. There's apparently doing, two different graves, Brian, doing, I learned. And doing like three-day pump overs and all this crap. I, I mean, I was literally, I was semi-erect. Uh, <laughs> they sure were good. Listening to it in my car. Wow. Okay. Uncomfortable <laughs> silence again. Now let's go to that. Let's go to the harvest forecast. Right. So. Wine. <laughs> this episode of Wine Porn with Brian brought to you by... There's people out there that know exactly what I'm talking about. Anytime you see a shiner and you get excited. (laughs) Here, I'm going to, Brian, Sam, why don't you talk a little bit about what's going on in the field while I distract Brian? (laughs) Show Brian something to read. Uh, It's, uh, you know, we're picking grapes every day for Enterprise Vineyards. Um, Mostly white grapes still. Um, Craziest thing in the world. I don't know if you've taken any numbers after the we had you know last weekend kind of hit the low hundreds around here um for a couple days sort of a usual end of august labor day weekend kind of heat wave action um so everybody was freaking out we took a bunch of numbers right before the heat wave took a bunch of numbers right after the heat wave kind of as predicted sugars went up quite a bit phs didn't move a like a like inch yeah, I mean, is that good or bad it's just kind of an you know it's just kind of weird uh you'll get you know um some numbers that i saw grenache at oakville ranch that went up to like went from like 22 to 24 over the weekend but the ph is still under three um sangiovese at dos limones vineyard that is at like 25.5 the ph of 311 where uh, do you want it Three, 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 four. You know, you, you gotta have Lower. it. No, I mean it has to. But it, it, no, there's, no, there's mean, plenty of that. The pH is different than total acidity, which is right. more what you end up tasting <clears throat> on. On you know, you want you want the pH high enough that there'll be a healthy, happy fermentation, right? It's always about sort oh, of. Okay. You, know, you can't have it. You know, yeast don't want to. No matter what, unless you have some UVA forty four or whatever. I haven't even heard of that. Um, <laughs> I think that's sunscreen, isn't it? That's uh, what I thought right? it was when he said it. Um, uh, and, well, you know, and I was thinking U- Ulysses Valdez too. R.I.P. Um, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, y- you know. The yeast need a certain pH to be happy right. to make a good fermentation. So you can't pick something at two nine nine three one one, right. and you know, ride out with what you hope is a 
complete and happy fermentation. So it's it's one of those things where you know we were going into this a m- three weeks ago thinking this God this is kind of a low acid harvest you know vintage and not like tasting a lot of acidity in the vineyard to the last you know as these sugars have kind of like crept crept up a little bit all of a sudden there's like more freshness and acidity emerging and these pHs aren't moving um, kind of makes me excited for what could come in the next in the next month with you know especially uh, you know those sort of earlier ripening red varieties and rosé and and white grapes. Yeah, cool. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm getting some Zin in tomorrow. Okay. Um, from Los Shamazal, the the block that I get it from up on top is, you know, it's definitely the rockiest place and has the least amount of water holding, and and Peter's not afraid to water. We, you know, that's for sure, and and especially in that area. But the same thing, Sam, like, you know, sugars were kind of hanging out there. pHs were not um, not where you you wanted to be. Uh, sugars were higher than where the pHs should have been. And then um, yesterday did a sample and the sh- sugars Excellent. went up to a, to a, a, a reasonable uh, number. But the main thing is the pHs shifted to 3.3. Three. Right. And it's like so, you know, at first I was trying to figure out how I told him I didn't want to pick. Um, and then I kind of relegated to, no, it's actually time, you know, it colored up real nice. Um, it's still got, it's got acid, that's for sure, which is, you know, a positive. So, um, I I mean, I think in a lot of ways, this heat wave that we had over the weekend was like kind of the medicine we needed. Right. Uh, it it wasn't one of the, it wasn't, you know, 2017, 113 degrees downtown Calistoga kind of deal. It was, you know, like, oh, you go outside and you're like, oh, it's, it's hot. 102. 103 for a couple hours in the middle of the day um just enough to sort of push the vines into remembering to finish their job and then this morning what it was like yeah no it's gonna be like we're gonna have morning we're having mornings in the upper 40s this week it's it definitely is like starting to send those fall signals to the plants um and they get them i mean they really do that's what they do they they love to go dormant so so uva 43 uva 43 okay description restart stuck fermentations uh notable for its powerful ability to restart uh, sluggish fermentations due to due to high alcohol to- tolerance 18 percent alcohol plus Whoa, okay jeez there you go and up to 95 degrees temperature and de- de- nutrient demand low so <laughs> it is a super yeast without yeah, a doubt that's good that's wild so Anyway, if someone's bringing I, in UVA forty three, you might want to um, making some Zinfandels of uh, like Russian River, right? High octane Zinfandel, little load I love. There's a there's a 18. number of yeah, there's a number of wineries that I would say definitely have some of this in there. Some of this, in their like lap. probably trailing in af- from their cars when they drive by on their way home from work. <laughs> so, so when are you going to start Reds? Uh, I mean, you know, we're we're looking at the Sangiovese from Dos Limones. It's twenty five, right? It's it's probably in the range where we start thinking about it. But uh, so we'll test it again the end of this week. Um, with thoughts on probably the end of next week. Um, Viognier from Steel Plow will be Tuesday, um, and that'll that'll uh, get us. Start with civilized, waiting until after Labor Day, right? September. Um, it seems very, very, very. Uh, we always talk about early traditional. Harvest. What's the latest you've dropped fruit? Uh, well, not 
dropped fruit. Dropped, you mean yeah. harvest. I mean harvest. The latest yeah. pick that I was ever on was uh, the day before election day in 2018. Really? So that was like November 6th, 2018, picking steel plow Grenache. Um, and honestly, you know, I love the 18s. We're going to taste some 18 Cabernet right now. 18 was one of those vintages, like... It was ready to go. It could have... could have no, sat. We could have... You know, there's uh, there's like all these different reasons you pick, especially these like late varieties, right? Things are going to get into a place where they're going to make great wine, but they're just going to keep getting better. But say you know, there's like a storm coming or a frost coming, it's going to get cold. Or a heat spike. Or a heat spike. And, you know, some sort of like weather moment to sort of force your hand. 18, there was never really that weather moment to force our hand. I think, uh, you know, maybe it was 18 Kincaid Fire? Maybe maybe that was like the thing that we finally were like, okay, this there's this fire in Healdsburg, maybe we should pick in case the smoke blows in, uh, but it didn't, and we honestly probably could have hung it until Thanksgiving. Yeah, but I remember everything in barrel that you were tasting. You that were was saying si- that was sixteen. That was sixteen. That was sixteen. Okay. Eighteen is eighteen is definitely like a, um, I think over time eighteen will end up being like one of those great classic vintages, mm-hmm. um, but it. Definitely a vintage to let age, yeah. More than more than sixteen, as you know, I think the sixteens right now are like drink your sixteens, um, and sit on your eighteens. Sit on your eighteens. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think my eighteens all you know were picked at a good spot, but they were there was no hurry to get them off. You know. Um. I I was going to say the latest I've ever. Um, I always judge whether I get my birthday off, which is middle of September. And in all of my years, I think I've only not harvested grapes one year. On your birthday? On my birthday. So What's your birthday? Uh, 15. September 15th for all you. Oh, yeah. Bart, I have so. the perfect thing for you to do on your birthday. <laughs> come pour at the Fairmont? <laughs> no, come have a rosé dinner. We're doing five courses of rosé. Is that the one with like the DJ and? No, we have a French duo, duo French gajo, duo gajo. Yeah, and Is it's going to be what, five courses of what wines all rosé. Here comes cash again. It's uh, oh boy, the horses. <laughs> it's it's a uh, uh, Provence, uh, so, uh, Escalon, Chateau Escalon, Chateau de Escalon. So have you ever had Rock Angel, Whispering Angel, Garris, uh, the Palm? I mean, so this is, and there, this is what you're, there's like five different rosés coming from the same yep. big That's producer in, isn't it? in yep. Provence. It's kind of like a end to summer celebration. So five rosés. So the chef and I had to sit down and, and pair five rosés. Well, the first one's going to be a past canapé that'll be something that comes out of a goose or a duck. Past cannabis. That, uh, past cannabis? <laughs> you're like, you can't do that anymore because of COVID. Personal joints. There you go. <laughs> Pre-roll, just hand them out. Right. So what what are you pairing with it? What food do you serve it? Uh, lobster terrine with one course, I know. the uh, Doing a duck confit. It's all French-inspired, but oh, with yum. local ingredients. And then doing cheese for dessert instead of doing a typical dessert with a, with their Garris um, rosé that basically is treated like a burgundy. So it'll I, be... I mean, you know, I, I think that that's actually pretty cool to like show... Yeah the versatility of rosé and that it's not just like aperitif it's not just poolside um yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll grab a 15th. bottle of that 
of the of the Garris. Yeah, that you got to try it because uh. it literally is treated like they're making a white burgundy. How many seats are at this? I'm trying to sell 50. I think I've sold close to 30. Um, we probably got 20 more. Is it outdoor or indoor? Outdoors, outdoors, live French music. Come me, me down for two. Put that down. Live French yeah. music. There we go. Live French music. Right on the fifteenth, huh? I can't sing it's along. I won't know the it's lyrics. It's gonna be a cool lunch, night. Lunch outside, girl it's in the did, fig. Uh, wait, wait, what? And lunch John's, outside, girl John's, in the fig. So John's <laughs> checking his calendar on the microphone. <laughs> live, oh. live calendar. <laughs> <laughs> September fifteenth. That's that, that's how important it's this thing is. That you got to pull your phone out. It's a Wednesday night. I'm gonna call a babysitter. Yeah. All right. It's gonna be sweet. Cool. I'm excited. All the roses. How do right. uh, how do people reserve that? Uh, go on the Fairmont website okay. or call the Fairmont and tell them I want tickets to the rosé dinner. Okay. Brian sent me. Yeah. Brian. Brian sent me. I want my rosé. <laughs> no, no discount. No. <laughs> it's not expensive. It's one twenty-five. The if I told you the cost of the food and the wine, I can tell you we're not making a lot of money. Um, but it, and especially with the cost of the band too, I got in a little trouble for that. But um, I I wanted to set a certain. All right, I won't ask for uh, a discount then. No, I'll pay, I'll pay full price. No, I wanted to set a certain like uh, uh, scene, a, a feeling, and it's gonna be a tone, a tone, event of the year. Totally, it's gonna be cool. I uh, yeah, I mean, show up in your berets if you want. I don't care. We had a we had a great dinner uh, the other night with the family. Oh yeah, the, well thank you. I love when you guys come in because you bring good wine. Yeah. <laughs> the owl hanging out in the water tower too was pretty cool. Yeah, the, those owls they they like to come watch people eat. <laughs> Looking for that I, was uh, that was definitely Althea's favorite part. She told every other table oh. that came in she got up and yelled "owly owly" really loud and pointed yeah. up in the sky. And they were like, "What is this <laughs> child saying to me? I'm trying I'm on a date night here. This is my right." <laughs> How come they all wear tie dye? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I think we. Probably at least a couple of us. Did I have tie dye on? I might have had tie dye on. I think you might have, and yeah. and that's fine. We, you know, we cover the spectrum at the Fairmont. Yes, you know, indeed. we got a pool and a pond. Right, exactly. <laughs> Actually, there's a creek that runs behind it. I think, right? Yeah. All right. What else is going on? Well, I want to ask Sam. You were up in Oakville, so were you just checking on Grenache, or were you checking out some of your other vineyards uh, that you guys farm? Well. So that was Oakville Ranch, which is um, you know, 75 acres or so of planted grapes, um, mostly cab. Uh, there's a little Grenache, which we get. Um, and a field blend, right? There's a field blend. There's a little, yeah, there's a field blend, kind of like Zinfandel, Petit Syrah, um, and there's Chardonnay. Um, so I was also, we actually we managed to get Phil to leave the state this week and go on vacation uh and he so he's in cape cod at the moment uh going to two dead and company shows as this episode will drop he'll be at his second show at foxborough uh and then he's coming home um so i did a few like sort of stand in for phil and grunt and grumble and eat grapes and say nah you should wait a week um it was pretty tough standard answer (laughs) pretty pretty standard um for uh, out in out in Oakville Ranch, um, with some wine make, with a winemaker there, and it's you know it was the same kind of deal. We're tasting the grapes on on Friday, doing a sample, and then tasting them again after the heat wave rolled through, um, and seeing kind of where they're at. And Chardonnay at that site, you know, the heat wave probably pushed it to a place where it was 
ready to pick. Um, you know, we're starting to get those flavors. You know, not too dissimilar from this, but you know, maybe a little more. Um, you know, citrus and and pear. Yeah, you got quince in this wine right here. Mm-hmm. Blackberry, raspberry, quince. It's like you're talking about the Chardonnay or the no, cat? the cat. Oh, this is so. This is uh, 18 <clears throat> Simons. This is going no. out to the what do they call it? In, in, infanticide. Infanticide. In, 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 yeah, you killed like, a baby. Killed a baby. Yeah, yeah something this like that. Is, I mean, yeah, but decanted. Oh no, it's in a. It's drinkable. I'm not yeah. complaining. I'm just saying that it's this this wine has an entire life in front of it. Yeah. C- compared to the 85 Carmenere that we were drinking a couple weeks ago. Um, well, you know. Yeah. Sv- uh, similar site. Similar uh, and basically the same winemaker. Right. This is, you know, 30... How many? 32, 30, 33 years apart? 30, Jesus. But Jeff Baker and Phil Katuri. I mean, right. you know, Moon Mountain District. That As the crow flies, the, not that far from each other. Not at all. Probably a mile. Across the um, vast moonscape. Yeah, exactly. After just being up there recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is this is delicious. This is, this is going out to... Uh, the Phil sent me the fall Phil sent me shipment. Is that what both these wines are? Uh, no, the Chardonnay was um, because we like Brian. And who's Charlie Smith? Forgive my Charlie. Smith, it's just the guy who owns the vineyard. Um, okay. I'm not exactly sure what he does or did. I know he spends a lot of time in Hong Kong. Um, has this vineyard site there? It's it's kind of above really the Hamel Nuns Canyon Vineyard. And just sort of adjacent to the Kistler's, like, original Chardonnay site up there, hmm. uh, Mountain Chardonnay. So, speaking of, of unique vineyard sites, um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to have listened to any of MJ's recent episodes, um, but he just did one with a guy who, uh, he did, uh, darn it, where's his name? Michael Jurgens. And Michael Jurgens is a up uh, works for Deloitte, but he's a he's a Canada MS, yeah master wine MW candidate, um, and uh, is you can hear the show now on Bart's phone in, in group working <laughs> working with playing now right, iPhones near you. It, wait a minute, just fascinating. Working with a group of people and they're planting vineyards in Bhutan. Wait, where's Bhutan? Bhutan lays between Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia, um, it li- lies between um, India and China, I believe. Is Sounds what hot, showed. hot, humid. Um, so what are they? Planting? High elevation. Um, they're planting a little bit of everything, just and, to kind of um, see. Just to kind of see, but. Um, yeah. These people just have a ton of money and I, don't, I mean, don't have anywhere but, to spend well, it. Well, but you have to understand, in, in those places, like, cost of land and cost of living and cost of labor are, uh, are nothing, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there was a, you know, there was that vineyard project down in Costa Rica yeah. uh, some years ago. You know, I mean, same thing. The, the cost was, of the land, it compared to here, that changes everything. Yeah. Well, so. and, and the, the stakes are different, right? You can doing something that's sort of experimental like that you can kind of afford to fail a little bit in a way that you can't afford to fail in California. I mean, you can grow something that doesn't do well and 
swap it out. You know, the the Costa Rican project, um, volcanic soils, super high elevation, like 6,000 feet almost elevation, but, you know, this tropical uh, environment. Um, we planted a whole bunch of rootstock. We, I was, Phil, plant, Phil and the crew and consulting planted a whole bunch of different rootstocks and thinking that, like, the rootstocks that restricted vigor would do better because of the tropics and the ones that all the plants that were the healthiest were like the ones that you would plant in the moon mountain district or in a place where there's Mm. poor soil volcanic soil you know struggling high vigor rootstocks on syrah of all things which grows anywhere um and kind of like some counterintuitive things happening in these you know emerging places to grow grapes when did this shit happen (laughs) Costa Rica? Yeah. Well, that was um, at least 10 years ago, right? Started probably 10 years ago. Phil hasn't been down there in a long time. Um, but, you know, we sent Jesse and Miguel and Enterprise Vineyards crew went down there and helped the, the like, local team kind of figure out how to, you know, taught, how to, taught people how to prune and um, huh. doing, doing field graphs and... Um, so are they making wine? Well, so that's I, I, I think they have had a vintage. Um, the whole deal is Costa Rica is um, it's very difficult to import wine into Costa Rica. Bring wine in as a like consumer. Even you know, he, this guy goes back and brings a case with him every time he flies in. So it's just kind of like build a cellar there. Um, so and kind of like the sort of wine is the missing piece to the their tourism industry. Um, mm. And having a local local wine, so um, that was at least the the theory. Um, I don't know how. Well, it, I don't know how Chile going. does it well. You know, I mean, it's it's like yeah, but Chile's, the same. Chile's south of the of yeah, the tropics, right? Right. This it's is this is basically this is, on the equator. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely south of the northern right tropic of whatever Cancer, right? Capricorn. I don't know. It's it's 38, just it's, 38 degree. Yeah, I mean, right. comparing Chile and Costa Rica is like comparing California and Costa Rica. What about right? Hawaii? Uh, uh, it's probably closer to Hawaii than it is Where anything else. They grow grapes, right? Yeah. But they also have a hard time getting things to go dormant, right? Like you have to force things to right. go dormant. And by the, so that's why you stuff. go elevation, right? Pruning it's and a, stripping the leaves is what they do in Costa right, Rica. Right. You go ahead and just like pull all the leaves off the vine. Uh, it's like putting a kid in timeout, basically. I mean, <laughs> in in some ways, it's it's a little bit of, is this you know how hard are you trying to do this? Like, there maybe there's certain places where you're just not supposed to grow wine, right? right? You know, blasphemy. Maybe there are places where you're supposed to have. Um, maybe there are places where you're supposed to um, you know have rice wine, um, right, and stuff, or fruit. Yeah, right. Yeah, I had no. That was the first time I'd ever heard of that. Yeah. Bhutan. Yeah, yeah, Bhutan. But it's it's a cool kind of um, I project Mike, to start if you want to go on vacation every yeah. year and go check on vines. Mike Mike Benziger went to Bhutan for like a month, and he, his comment was because there's very few, if any, cars in Bhutan, and he said, "Bart, you'd be amazed at what the um, without the presence of rubber on asphalt." how it changes, like just sound, how quiet it was at night when it's truly just the jungle, right? Whereas you you don't realize how much sound 
comes off of cars driving down a highway. Well, if you ever camped it um, at at Truckee Lake and right. you hear the the diesel trucks coming yeah. down, but you know, um, so you can imagine what the silence would be like. When I was that was totally a stretch to share that story. Mm-hmm. I think I throw Mike Bentiger. You know, should we ding a glass? Um, Gotta love his place, man. Yeah, Glentucky Farm, well, beautiful spot. Glentucky Farms, nice. You know, I wonder how, how long has he had that property up there? I mean, thirty years. Maybe? Well, no, they they bought the ranch in uh, nineteen eighty. Right. So I don't think that he didn't buy that piece of property that he lives in now. Someone else lived there there. Then he lived on the property. So, but essentially, nineteen eighty was when they bought the property. What's the elevation there? It's about. Five, six hundred feet? Five or six hundred feet, yeah. Well, he certainly has an active growing farm, doesn't he? Beautiful spot. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else is going on in the wine world? Um, you got grapes in. I got the you Chenin make, Blanc you in. Chenin Blanc, Yes, apparently. I do. And Who knew? Um, the three barrels are fermenting along nicely right now. Um do you, you, so you put some sunscreen UVA forty three in there? Or I you did not. I did not. <laughs> did not. We uh, threw it in the press and put it in the barrels, and uh, a day and a half later, it was crazy. It just started fermenting, um, and then Zin tomorrow, and um, uh, that's it for right now. Um, Jamie brought in some uh, some today. Brought in some Pinot from Casadero, so pretty extreme. Did it come by the time you um, left? No, it was still was not there. Yeah. Um, no. But we opened up with the bottle of uh, Premier Cru, so uh, you, you left just just a moment. They were just waiting soon. for me to leave, and then they <laughs> exactly right. Uh, that would have been nice. Premier, I was wondering was why it was kind of weird. Uh, it was, I, I was at first. I was thinking it was you said Grand Cru, like as in you know the old vintage. No, it's funny rate. because I kind of jokingly said to him the other day, first grapes coming in. Are we drinking Premier Cru or Grand Cru?" and um, he brought in Premier Cru, so so that's what he thinks of. It'll be Grand Cru for the last grapes, or when by himself when nobody's around. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was delicious. And Steve pulled a Viognier in. Steve pulled Viognier in and um, a little bit of Pinot. Yeah. So yeah, that was funny when he said he's already brought in twice as twice as many grapes as he did last year. Yeah. Total. Well, oh, that's like a very positive thing, picks. man. Right. Because he only did V&A last year. Yeah. No, look, I mean, I, yeah. I think people are feeling pretty good right now as far as, like, you know, the, the S word. I think, the F word. Uh, right. I think across the board, <laughs> what some stories that I've heard that I think are interesting is that um, uh, crops are picking light um, yeah. and quite light. Um, and people are um, actively looking to buy more fruit. So they're not picking light, and people are like, it's okay, we have plenty of inventory. It's like, it's light, and we need more fruit. And and I'm speaking of, because I went by a, a couple of larger producers that do custom crush for you know some of these big companies, and um, it's just interesting to hear how quickly that's all changed. Like, yeah. yes, we're actively looking for more fruit. So From... The last three years were right. too much. 18, 19, there was too much. And then 20, you know, you couldn't get rid of it. Because whether or not it was there something wrong with it, the stigma that it had attached to it. But I think there was a lot of those, like, custom crust bulk one. Those guys got those guys got pretty fat on, on 20 because 
you know, with the technology available and, you know, the level of sort of the low level impacts lots of things had. I think there was a lot of, you know, high end Appalachian fruit that they were able to process into wine that they sold. And I think the bulk market's pretty, pretty stocked in that stuff. I think they're making good money on it. Do they grow any uh, fruit down around Tahoe at all? Well, so that the the Calder fire um, you know, started in essentially the Amador County grape growing winery region, foothill region. So it's, you know, not far from like Shake Ridge, Ridge. which I, I've heard is they're basically shutting it down there's not going to be any harvest for a lot of these places um you know that amador county kind of region nothing you know once you get up to the tahoe side it's too high elevation for it but um there's a lot of a lot of vineyard land you know that sort of foothills sierras um affected by this one right now and you know we all know all too well what that's like a lot of people asking about what's going on down there yeah and it's scary and again you know it's it's tahoe everybody knows it right and it gets a lot of publicity so but i'm glad everything is they said it turned away from the city and yeah very positive um wind shift it was a they said it was a 9.9 day being good um so very positive hopefully they get that shit together man it's it's a Big ass fire yeah, and it's uncontrolled right now. Second, second fire in history to burn from the foothills over the crest of the Sierra to the other side, I, and it, the first fire in history to do that was a month ago. You know the Dixie Fire. So well, I mean, wild. and the crazy thing about that is, is if you drive up Highway 50, you get to a point when you get up towards the top where. It's all rock. Right, there's not a whole lot growing. There's not a whole, whole lot to, to burn there. And I imagine that it's just burning where it can, obviously. But that just goes show the power yeah. of uh, of it and the wind. So, crazy. I got a uh, shout-out from uh, Dave Hayes and, and the Podfather himself saying hi. I thought it was interesting. There's some comments from um, our our friend Tony Biaggi um, on Instagram, but it was it wasn't much. It was all about what a great guy he is. And, I know. You know, I was expecting them to go. He's so he <laughs> he's so cute. Was what I was expecting, right? Like, um, uh, but I, I well, will they couldn't say that, see the fact, and we didn't give him enough shit about this. That he came in. We didn't talk about this at all. Actually, the fact that his shorts that he was wearing like had ripped in the vineyard he was in earlier in the day and he basically was like they were like barely hanging on pretty sure he was wearing green boxers everybody could see uh we didn't give him any shit about that at all and i think we missed an opportunity and then and then the other (laughs) thing is i've said this before sometimes i listen to a podcast at a slightly higher speed you know how you can do that with tony's you couldn't really do that tony's almost sounded better half speed we could have turned Tony's actually sounded better at half speed if you really wanted to hear <laughs> That's right. What comment did I see that said something about were you guys even on the show? Right. <laughs> <clears throat> it, was, it was like the kind of which doing. is great. That's what we want from a guest. We want a guest to come on and well, he was great. The eighty-five Carmenet was better. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Where did they sell Carmenet? Was that a, did they have a tasting? room right they, at well, Arnold did, and 12? No, they had a tasting room as part of the winery, you know, up at the top of Moon Mountain Road. Um, 
it's all that's all what reprieve took over i mean yeah reprieve has definitely improved it but no that was that was it that was it okay. um but you know at the same time it was also you know nationally distributed brand uh it was definitely made in an era of you know a small amount of your wine would be sold through a tasting room and you know kind of pre the prevalence of wine clubs and it was owned by Shalom Wine Group, and they had they know, were they powerful, had big, powerful, high-end brand that then got basically diluted to death by um, by Diageo, who are now out of the wine business. Yep. Uh, and in fact, Carmenere brand still split. exists, um, and it's like Chardonnay that you buy at the gas station. Right, like literally, you can it, go to it, Chevron in Sonoma uh, and buy yeah, a bottle yeah. of Carmenere with this. I mean, it, it kind of went from Sonoma. To um, went it was Lake County for a while, right. um, and then it went to California. Just yeah, and I think it's like a lot of Central Coast. I mean, that's yeah. sort of the heart of what Shalon was anyway. It was Central Coast, but yeah, Carmenere. I mean, it's one of the like classic tragedy of of corporate wine. But there are a lot of those. Oh, there's pretty, a lot of those. Stories, pretty funny, sure. actually. It's it's hilarious and sad. You know when I, it's I, worse when it's your last name. At least, you oh, know. yeah, <laughs> At least absolutely. It wasn't, it wasn't I remember name. when old man Newton sold Sterling and, um, you know, I, when we were out here and getting married 20 years ago, we got a chance to go over and meet him. And it was really nice. We sat down and I asked him about his old brand. He was like, soda pop, man. I'm glad Pepsi owns it. Not me. That's it. I'm out of it. I'm going to do really nice wines now. You know, he was having a good time. I, I also enjoyed hearing him talk about Spotswood because that's a wine that I used to drink a lot of. It was like, yeah, you know, Tony was definitely like there in Napa, sort of the beginning of his career at the beginning of the cult of Napa Cult Cab, yeah. um, Spotswoods and, you know, all these places. Harlan. Um, well, I mean, even Duckhorn. It, right. Duck, mm-hmm. Duckhorn, Duckhorn was and, and Hess, where he, you know, right. Duckhorn was a was one of those great wineries, right? Three Palms, Merlot, and um, Duckhorn was coveted wine, and you know, it got sold and bought, and I think there was a divorce. And, and what a house um, they have, man! Yeah, Duckhorn, beautiful place. Cool. So, they've got a cool actually on Angwin. They had a. Um, a little vineyard with a place that they would send, you know, buyers or VIPs or whatever. I remember staying there one time and destroying that house as a younger person. <laughs> like Tony, did. I don't think they do things like that anymore because of that. Oh yeah, we even we broke the disposal like within hours of showing up there, and then go Champagne to go to town and for some reason we couldn't get cigarettes or booze or coffee. So then we were in hell. We had to drive somewhere else because of the <laughs> religious beliefs going on. Really, right there. I mean, Angwin really? is its own whole like yeah. weirdness. Yeah, it was it was very strange. No cigarettes, no booze. Angwin's a blue. Yeah. Angwin's blue. Blue Valley. Yeah, it's um. What do they call blue it? Laws. First, Isn't that what they call it? First, first, Adventist, first, something like that. Yeah, they don't believe that. Adventist? Uh, Seventh Day Adventist. Yeah, it's Mormonish. Mormonish. Seventh Day Adventist. It's a. It's a. There's a college up there, teaching. Yeah. I had yeah. No idea. Yeah, and surrounded by vineyards. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. By sinners. I know. Just like the the rehab place. <laughs> I that, like that. that in, um, 
when you pass on through Warm Springs. Springs. Yeah. yeah, it's on Warm Springs Road. I always love that commercial when you see it on TV. Come get dry. And they show pictures of the place that you're going. It's surrounded by vineyards. <laughs> but I guess there's some people that, you know, maybe it's hard alcohol or beer or drugs or something that they're addicted to. But for me, that would be the worst place to go right. if I was and trying to kick wine and send me in the middle of a vineyard, vineyard and tell me that I'm go wander and try and anymore. suck the grapes and stuff, you know, <laughs> whatever you can do. Doing, you know, using your toilet to make the right. pruno. You're, you're, you're making some, <laughs> you're making some bathtub gin. For sure. S- some prison hooch. Yeah. Sommelier Brian's fermented oranges. With hey, UBA man. 43. UBA yep. 43. Yep. It's not just for sunscreen anymore. Yep. Well, then you guys, are you allowed to talk about any distillation going on in your place this year? We don't have a still, so we're not doing any distillation. Okay, your mind. answer, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah uh, so Jamie, um, Jamie bought a piece of property, and this is all public knowledge. Jamie bought a piece of property out in Sebastopol that had apples on it. And um, he tore out most of the apples and is planting it to Pinot and Chard. Um, Sorry, I like Jamie, but Jesus Christ. And, and, um, and some of the apples remained. Um, they're under contract at some, to some extent. And he took some of the apples and had them um, juiced. And um, he's going to make apple brandy out of it um, in the French style. Calvados. Um, Calvados, correct. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, it's a six or seven year uh, uh, process. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now they're in barrels and they're fermenting. And at some point um, he'll take it over to a, a local distiller and it'll be distilled gotcha. down and then okay. aged in barrels. So, nice. Um, yeah. A la yeah. There are quite a few distilleries around here, aren't oh, there? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, Hanson's the big one right it's a thing john it started off it started off with uh making a skin contact wine and then and then then you started making a piquette and then you started making no pet nat was first and then then piquette and now every all the winemakers want to distill or make cider and cider but the craft distilling thing has been going on for a few years now and and that was really you know was somehow made easier maybe they started making smaller stills but yeah craft distilling has definitely taken off across the country right not just here it's across the country yeah one of my favorite like brandies on the planet came from a winery in the north fork of long island and it's it was apples and grape um from the the shin estate like they called the Julian Julius Drover, I think, was the label of the brandy, and you could buy it at the winery, and they could ship it within I the think state he's of New York. Stuck. He's stuck himself, um, and but they couldn't ship it out of state, whatever the like laws on that yeah. were. Um, and when they sold the the, it was a uh, David Page and Barbara Shin, and they had had like one of the early like cool restaurants in New York called Home. Um, and they sold that, bought the, built the winery and then they sold the winery and, and Paul was there like the week that the sale got announced and, uh, he went up, I, we sent him with the company card to buy like every last bottle of the, uh, the Julius Drover that they had left in the property. So I have a case of it. I have it, I have it stashed. Yeah. You know, Sam, much like the, um, 
Carmenet Cab, you know, when we opened it, there was no doubt that was Cabernet. And this wine here, I mean, if, if for all those, you know, 100% new French oak, um, over-the-top cabs of Napa Valley, that they don't necessarily taste like Cabernet. This definitely tastes like Cabernet. It's beautiful. I'm glad he right. decanted right. it. Right. It, it you just know. makes such a nice difference. It really does. Opens everything up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had a McLaren uh, Syrah at lunch the other day, and just the changes in it during the first, you know, 10 minutes, half an hour, then you want another bottle by that time. But, man, it just makes such a difference <laughs> opening it. Really nice. Well, he's going to do something. He just told me an hour ago, a couple hours ago, that he's going to get Syrah, Roussan, and Viognier from Bennett Valley, and he's going to do a little blend of nice. uh, Syrah and Roussan, which will be super interesting. Hey, I think he's trying to suck you into that project, Brian. And I am you could, completely you could suckable. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? You like it. It's <laughs> a good sure. thing, man. It's a very positive thing. Well, you need some Roussan, Brian? Um, I thought you said you had a line on some. That's right. I, I ah. might have a line on some. <laughs> now I just have to clear it with all powers that be. Could that be your wife? The podcast, right? She has not listened to one podcast yeah. ever. <laughs> I think Jones tuned in once or twice, but that's about it, man. Yeah, I don't that's get a, a lot of that. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. That's what how you, you spend your time away from your child and your wife with those idiots. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking wine on the air? Sure, absolutely. Yep. It's yep. a very positive this thing. This is why we live here, honey. You should get on board. It's a Wednesday. <laughs> Let's go right. to Sam's. It's a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and what time do you always have to be at work for? Uh no. I'm scheduled at 2:30 every day. That's what time it says on my schedule. Oh, so you can have lunch uh, at Sam's. Sometimes at 10 a.m. and sometimes at, I've gotten there as late as 3 before. Sometimes when I'm running a little late, but it depends. You know, Traveling man with a you suit. you got to do what's got to be done, so whatever has to be done that day. Need more Zinfandel? Uh, we will probably order this week since I'm going to be gone next week. Um, I have to stock up on everything, so I'm not getting texts. All week, where's no, this, where's gonna that? Get, you're going to be in a place with no cell phone reception anyway, right? That's what I tell them. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. They, they still text. But yes, we will We'll be stocking up for uh, Labor Day weekend. I mean, this, this is three-day weekend in. coming up. Justin Vineyards out of Paso Robles. Wonderful brands. Wonderful brands just purchased Napa Valley's Lewis Cellars. Huh. Do you know anything? I don't know Lewis Sellers. Lewis, uh, Lewis Sellers a race car driver. Was, yeah, and, and was definitely one of those uh, cult cabs. Hedonistic. Um, hedonistic uh, uh, Syrah Cab Chardonnay. Um, uh, Dennis Bell is the son-in-law who runs it now. Um, we would sell a lot of it during, um, during when, NASCAR week. Yep. No, it's not NASCAR. He was an no, indie, the, uh, indie but guy. They, but it was all those racers we get it and then if people ever said we're looking for a deep dark red that was one of my go-to's it was just yeah and big big and bold and now it's wonderful well we'll see yeah yeah <laughs> remains to be seen <laughs> i got my um i got my uh saxon vineyards wait list update today oh good uh, seven more years 
Uh, actually, no, it says actual wait lines, uh, wait times are difficult to predict due to the variances in vineyard yields. Uh, at this time, the wait is approximately five to six years from sign up date. <laughs> Sorry to send out disappointing news. We just like to let you know we still have your contact information. Okay. What's well, cost of Brown's still good, right? Uh, does it say when you signed up for the list? Yeah, it actually wasn't that long ago, 2018. Oh, yeah, you got a couple more years. Yeah. So that's someone's whole job. What they do all day is tell people that... Say no. No, this is from Justin himself. That's from oh, okay, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Press a button. I got, I got a button, and, and two things happen. One, everybody who's on the list gets their credit card charged, and everybody who's not on the list... Right. Gets a letter saying, sorry, yeah. we couldn't charge your credit card today. Pull the lever. But it was a great photo, so I appreciate getting the photo. I got a similar rejection letter from uh, Russian River Brewery because we had a wedding. Wedding? I don't know. Some kind of party at the hotel that wanted Pliny the Elder. So I decided, okay, yeah, it's about time to set up an account with them because I know they open up the new brewery in Windsor, and I'm like, they're probably making enough beer where they can supply all the local people and um, got in touch with them and got the same kind of letter sorry we don't make enough beer i think part of it is they don't want to be in places like the fairmont they want to be in smaller places where their brand gets manufactured exclusivity yeah kind of that's kind of the feeling i got so i I ended up having to go to the brewery and buying it for this party bottles or keg bottles bottles of the elder yeah so brian what kind of uh wine stash do you take on vacations um, case of Gloria. You know what I no. You know what I like to do. My, my wife's not going, which is which is great because she can stay home and t- it sucks going on vacation when both of us go because and especially when it's a family thing because no one's there to take care of a rabbit and two cats, which need, cats need to be fed three times daily, let in and out. The rabbit needs air conditioning and food and carrots and apples and change. I mean, it's yeah, a like nice life, rabbit, man. Right? Yeah. Uh, the it's rabbit lives in a condo, a two, two, two story <laughs> condo in Abby's room. But uh, you know what I like to do? There's a, there's a wine shop there in Downeyville and the guy used to go to the girl in the fig. They used to live in Sonoma, but now they own this wine shop. That's, you know, it's one of the, it's like Hawaii where they're open Tuesday through Saturday between one and three. And sometimes, you know, they have a dentist appointment, so they're not there or something, but he has all these cool wines from Amador and and the surrounding areas up there. So it's nice to go up there and try wines that I've drink wines that I've never had before. So So you're not like, you're not traveling with a couple cases only to deliver to mother-in-law, um, some of the Roussan that she bought the last time. Yeah. But other than that, I'll, I'll go to the wine shop the first day and we'll, we'll, Find First some, day, find some cool stuff, and I'll, I'll probably do a little trade. Maybe I'll give him some Rus on and and uh, see if I can trade for some other stuff. I think no, I brought him no, some Pliny. No, no, last no, time. no, 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 no. You're supposed to sell him some Rus on. Three cases of Rus on. Oh, not a bad idea, right? Yes. <laughs> hey, so I'm treat that so first good at year. Buying wine and selling right. bottles. <laughs> right, right. Like, oh yeah, we got to sell this stuff. Right. Yeah, good idea. It's a loss leader the first year, man. Just get the. <laughs> Get the rep out there. Gotta get the name out there. Absolutely. Just pay for the labels, right? Sure thing. Yeah. <laughs> pay for the labels and the corks. <laughs> well, I'm gonna take a nice. My co-winery nice people bag go down to Carmel. He's still got a space over there on the shelf. <laughs> got a warehouse for you, Brian. Yeah. Not gonna be my future. <laughs> I like drinking wine way too much to have to sell it all the time. Well, somebody's got to. 
Yeah. And I'm happy to I'm happy to buy wine. It's all good. John, if I ever make a Syrah, you're going to be my best customer, believe me. That's a good thing. I, yeah. Hey, I'm a real good customer. So, I mean, I, I'm. we drink more Zen from you than anything else right now. Well, I mean, it's just been that's, it's that's the go-to thing at the moment. Right. So, <laughs> it's all good. So. You guys got any shout-outs? Uh, you know, we can just mention that next week's show, we're going to have um, David Rossi from Fulcrum Wine. So if anyone wants to get go to his website fulcrum wines get a bottle of pinot chard gewurztraminer um sauvignon blanc um and pick it up uh, if you can drink it while we're on the they were both great i yeah i did i i really like the sauvignon blanc i did think it was a little bit of a trickery on his part that he the label on the gewurz said dry but yet it had five grams rs sugar in it <laughs> He's that's a, he, he. That's a marketing, you know. That's expert. a good marketing. He's thing. An yeah. and he's an ex-marketing guy. But it, but it's not a it, it's not a cloying wine at all. No, like it, I, yeah. no, it Less was sugar not. in that than right. the Heinz ketchup that he sold. Right, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, and definitely less sugar in than uh, most of those other Chardonnays. Anyway, I thought that was a good show. I thought it's uh, you guys will get to listen to it next week. It started off kind of like. You know, him coming in here and all of us talking over each other and him wondering how he was going to fit in. And then I think he found his place real quick. By talking over us also. There you go. <laughs> he seemed to have a good time. I'll say yeah. that. Yep. Who doesn't, John? Sitting I try. out here drinking wine. Yeah, it's, it, it does suck. It's a, another yeah. lousy day. So This this 18 cab, I'm uh, happy to be sending this out to everybody next month. For yeah. sure. Oh, I'm enjoying it. It's a great wine, man. It really is. And other than that, I just want to plug my rosé dinner for anyone that lives locally. There you go. I want to. I gotta, get on a plane. I gotta out, pay for these keep fucking bands. <laughs> pay so, for the bands. You know what? With with lobster and confit, it's right there. I mean, I'm in. So I sent Joan a message and got a positive back. Good so. cheese. Yeah, and she's a big should cheese we, fan. Should man. we live brag? And then my wife won't want to go then. No, no. <laughs> Too much to think about. No work. You no. just want to sit back, relax, and, and enjoy the lovely sounds of can French. I bring a, 16, a bottle of Auditat to have under the table? Um, you can do whatever you want. I'm not. You're not the wine police? No. Sometimes as long as you're sharing it, right? Right. If you're sharing right. it, it's all good. And you can share it with Francois from Chateau de Escalon. He will be there. Uh, and who's the band? Duo Gajo. And where'd you find these guys? Found them online, listened to a lot of, found a lot of bands online, listened to them. But I was looking, like I said, I was looking for a s specific feel. You want a French cafe feel? Yeah, eat kind of a French street, like small street alleyway kind of, you know. Do they have berets and like cool no, mustaches? No, but it's all, cl no, it's a, I think it's a husband and a wife. And, and um, you know, play guitar, bass, accordion, sing. Um, Polyvoo Francais? They for sure speak French and do like classic old uh, Parisian songs. So it'll be good. Perfect. Yeah, I'm in. And uh, shout out to Harvest, I guess. I mean, shout out to Harvest. Bart? Yeah, I'm working on my fall release, um, kind of wavering back and forth what to send out because it's, it's the 18s and. They're all tasting good, but I'm trying to figure out which one. Like wait a yeah, which one will taste better in you know January and February. So yeah, I, um, I pulled Steel Plow 
from this release partially because of that. Like right. It's going to be better next in the spring. Hmm. Well, you you got to send out Shannon though, right? Uh, I'm still on 18 Shannon. Right. So that's been released. I definitely have more to sell, but the 19 will save until spring. Release. 19 bottled. 19's bottled. We'll wait till spring release for it. Um. So. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, Thanksgiving isn't this crazy? Halloween, Thanksgiving, or Christmas around the corner. We are 20 days from fall. Right. Welcome to the Fairmont. Timey Radio. Yes. This is is this Duo Gajo? You don't want to get don't want to get that you know struck off the podcast. That was right. Edith Pilaf. Oh, Edith. Yeah, she was famous. She was the the icon for French cabaret, not cabaret, for cafe scene. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen a movie called Midnight in Paris? It's a Woody Allen yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Are we allowed re- to talk about Woody Allen anymore? I don't, I don't so. care. Okay. It's all okay. Oh, all right. Owen Wilson is the oh, guy Wilson. who stars it. <laughs> but it's it's simply a fun flick because this guy goes, you know, he's having trouble with his new wife and in-laws, all that shit. Goes out and kind of hangs out and, you know, a car comes up, and F. Scott Fitzgerald, and all of these characters. Ernest Hemingway. Yeah, and 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 he goes. Brad to these Pitt is Ernest Hemingway in that, right? Great no, parties at these French cafes. It's like, yeah, I would love to be in that society, right there, man. I saw that at the that. Uh, the Grand Lake Theater in Oakland, where they have the organ player pops up in front of the movie screen before the before the movie starts. So it's like playing that sort of style. Uh, on the organ. Also mm. saw Moneyball there, and which was like organ mo- for the the Moneyball. Oh, uh, baseball, the baseball organ. organ. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout out! Shout out to the Grand Lake Theater. Hey, and we just did at the at the Green Music Center last week. We we showed at Sonoma State. They showed Jurassic Park and had the symphony play Ooh. the soundtrack live as you watch the movie. And you walk home from that. Yeah, it was cool. And uh, shout out to Ronan Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> we used to see the Philip Glass Quartet play um, at uh, the Louvre, and they would send or show silent movies. The Lodger Hitchcock movie from way back, silent flick. So they, you know, they're playing along with it. That was very cool. And then they did it in Chicago too with like Dracula, just all the cool just old horror the films. Yeah. And they do it. I mean, it's a really nice thing to do. You don't have to go stand in line and see the Mona Lisa, et cetera. I've been there, done that. It's a tiny photo. Um, <laughs> one last shout out to all you winemakers and wineries out there that have not sent in your dues to the Sonoma Valley Vintners and Grape Growers <laughs> Association. I am coming to your house. I will be there tomorrow. Who will... Except wine in lieu of payment. <laughs> I mean, what? We'll trade you some. Did Prema put you up to that? I'm on board. Did you? Are you a member? I'm going to be. Okay. <laughs> I have not paid my dues yet. Right. <laughs> so you're going to start at your house. You've I'm paid collecting your dues. for them right. so that I don't have to pay. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm the bill collector. Honorary member. You hear that, Jeff Cohn? Jeff Cohn's <laughs> no longer Sonoma Valley. He's... He's he's Healdsburg, Dry he's Creek. Yeah, he's oh, out okay. of here. Well, he's, he owes back pay. <laughs> Anything else, gentlemen? I don't know. Hopefully. I think somebody should hit stop. Really <laughs> Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys in a couple. Enjoy. Harvest Brain.